Go ahead and bless the people. Thank you very much. Well, welcome. In the name of the Lord, I'm just really honored to be here and that God would include me in his plan. And what a good plan. And I'm so glad to come to Bible study because the word is so good. And um, because it's a Bible study, we're going to read the word. So I'm going to start reading the word. And if you could please turn to Psalm 107. This is about the Lord delivering man from manifold troubles. And God put this on my heart several weeks ago when we were away for some R&R. And when I got this message or we were talking back and forth, I said, wow, this would preach. But I wasn't real sure, (laughs) of course, what I was saying. But I thought, wow, what a message. So this is good that I can share it. So can just all agree with me that God will have his way to get everything out of my heart so you can receive it in your heart, because he likes to speak to us in our heart. So we've got to open our minds, but open our hearts. And um, so it's a little bit to read, so just bear with me. Um, try not to lose your focus. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary, and gathered from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a desert region. They did not find a way to an inhabited city. They were hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them out of their distresses. He led them also by a straight way to go to an inhabited city. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men, which is also his wonderful acts to the sons of men. For he has satisfied the thirsty soul. And the hungry soul he has filled with what is good. There were those who dwelled in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in misery and chains, because they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he humbled their heart with labor. They stumbled and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of all their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their hands apart. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. For he has shattered gates of bronze and cut bars of iron asunder. Fools, because of their rebellious way and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all kinds of Food, And they drew near to the gates of death, and they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of all their distresses. And he sent his word, this is the one we hear quoted a lot, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. And he did this four times in this chapter, where they cried out to the Lord in their distress, and he delivered them. 
And um, I might try to skip some, but I don't want to skip it if it's important because you may find yourself in one of these places or have some uh, remembrance. Uh, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. Let them also offer sacrifice of thanksgiving and tell of his works with joyful singing. Those who go down to the sea in ships... This is another part, who do business in great waters. They have seen the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he spoke and raised up a stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They rose up to the heavens. They went down to the depths. Their soul melted away in their misery. They reeled and staggered like a drunken man and were at their wit's end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he brought them out of their distresses. He caused the storm to be still, so that the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad because they were quiet. So he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness. And for his wonders to the sons of men, let them extol him also in the congregation of the people and praise him at the seat of the elders. He changes rivers into a wilderness and springs of water into a thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salt waste. Uh, I'm going to skip a little. And uh, then it comes to verse 36. And there he makes the hungry to dwell so that they may establish an inhabited city, and sow fields and plant vineyards and gather a fruitful harvest. And he blesses them, and they multiply greatly, and he does not let their cattle decrease. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds like prosperity. When they are diminished and bowed down through oppression, misery, and sorrow, he pours contempt upon princes and makes them wander in a pathless waste. But he sets the needy, securely on high, away from affliction, and makes his families like a flock. And the upright see it and are glad. Now, in this psalm, uh, Abba, the word Abba, when we cry out to our daddy, father, which is another name for daddy, but in, in the Arabic, means when a baby cries, you run to him. And Hebrews 13.6 in Strong says that, you know, he is a helper. It's a cry for help and then to run. That's also another part of it. And another word for this uh, that I think actually my husband told me about was boathos, which is one, it's the same derivation for this uh, meaning of the word, That one who comes running when we cry for help, the Lord is poised and ready to rush to the relief of his oppressed children when they shout for his assistance. So four times in this psalm, I just couldn't get over that. That just got my attention so much. Four times in this psalm, he's saying, I will not leave you. In the lurch, I will not be destitute, leave you destitute. And one of the other, uh, I think it was in the Message Bible, says he always came in the nick of time where they gave him thanks because he heard them. 
and help them, whatever that distress was. This Pastor John was just saying in the beginning, you know, when we draw near to God, he is everything. We sang about that. He is everything. And you have to, we live in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world. And, you know, he really is everything because when you need him, it it doesn't help to call on somebody else or to get on the phone necessarily or to even call the pastor. It's like, you need him. And when you're in a kind of situation like some of these situations, which we've all been in or encountered at some time, you know, you, you need to know that that's the nature of our Father God, that his love is so strong. It's like when you remember um, as a child or, you know, having your own children, a baby, when it cries, what do you do? You run to it. I mean, it bothers you. You want to take care of that. You want to run to it. And that is so awesome because he is such a loving God. And to think that he's so sovereign and so good that he can be there for us, whatever that is. And again, as Pastor John was saying, but we don't turn to him. Because so many times, you know, we live in New England and independent spirit and thinking we have to do it ourselves or whatever. How many times do we not call on him for help? How many times do we refuse to be comforted? When he's there, because he is our comforter, the Holy Spirit is our comforter, and he came, his, the definition of the Holy Spirit is he's a helper, a standby, an advocate, an intercessor, he's, um, he's ready, he's right there, and so, you know, between the Father and what Jesus has done, he's really got us covered. Yeah. <laughs> And it's so good because, you know, we need to realize that um, he can take care of us and that he wants to if we'll just let him, if we'll just let him or say, you know, God, help me with this or turn to him. And I mean turn inside because sometimes you're thinking, oh, where's my help? We're looking around. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do or something else. But, you know, um, he's the still small voice. And sometimes just spending time with him, and this is a good season to talk about it because it's so busy and there's so many things you're always ready to go to the next thing of what can you do for someone or what do you have to do and to get ready for the, the holidays and for Christmas and but, you know, he's, he's the resting place where we all need to come to. He's the, he's the strong tower that we have to turn to. And it gives him pleasure when we ask him for help. But, you know, because we don't a lot, then, you know, he's wishing. He's waiting or wishing we would ask him for help. You know how it makes you feel so good? I remember as a mother, it made me feel so good when my children had a need, and they asked me, you know, I would want to meet it anyway or do whatever I could to get to that, or I would want to make them happy or get them help or whatever to take care of that. And um, so he's like that too. And, And if you're like that, 
as a natural mother or a natural parent, how much more is his heart just so filled with love for his people and caring for them because it says he cares for us affectionately, watchfully, lovingly. He loves us. And there's nothing we can do about it. But we have to learn how to walk with God, to find out more about him, to know your father, and how he cares about you. And then to learn how to receive that care so that you can be um, comforted. You know, this should be the season of comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. And this is not the season where people often would feel that way on their own. You have to work hard at it, don't you, mostly? Yeah. A lot of times. But um, he is a comforter, and he wants to comfort us. So just drawing near to him and finding time to just be still and be quiet And, you know, even just for a few minutes helps you to, you know, feel refreshed or collected or just relieve some of the pressure or, you know, figure out what's going on and where you are or where you need to be or what's really important or, you know, because there's so much um, that wants to control us. But, you know, we, we have authority, too, and we also have to decide what what is important to us. And um, so I think, you know, there's there's a lot in that message. And if you can just find yourself somewhere or even read that occasionally to see if if you feel that way, then then it's it's um, there's quite a message in it. And the other thing about reading it was that um, I want to take you to Hebrews 13. You can turn in your Bible to Hebrews 13. Verse 15 and 16 and 17. And these are talking about God-pleasing sacrifices. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. Um, This is talking about doing good and having a generous heart. And it was hard to me to think of going through Christmas without being able to just say that um, this is a wonderful time. Because it's the perfect time, really, to um, give thanks and share and, and to feel that, you know, we can do good. 
and and not just for ourselves and our own family, but we can do good wherever we are, that there's that opportunity uh, to have a generous heart. And uh, these things God is pleased with because it is a sacrifice on our part in a sense. And um, I don't want to get off of my notes because if I start getting too... um, I'm just going to kind of go with what the Lord gave me, too, at the time, because I don't want to get too sidetracked. But um, I'm going to just quote a few psalms, too, and so you don't have to turn to it. Psalm 118.6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do to me. Right? So we can be strong and of good courage. We don't have to fear what man, you know, can do or think or whatever. That we can we can try to do things that are pleasing to him. And things that we can find out what's pleasing to him. Or we can find out and think his thoughts. Because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But it says we can think his thoughts. So it's time for us to, you know, we can, we can put on a little bit more... Um, pressure in a sense to realize that that we're maturing in the Lord and we need to be able to reach out and consider other people especially at a time like this where it's Christmas because it's the perfect evangelistic tool and I don't mean you all have to feel like you have to evangelize but it's just the example that it is the perfect tool to talk to people because it's so natural it's like a lead-in or, you know, just an easy way to talk to people. Um, and it says, I, and I appeal to you, brethren, bear with the word of exhortation, for I have written to you in few words. Greet all those who rule over you and all the saints. Grace be with you all. It says that other times. And... The goal and what pastor's been preaching about, about making us complete, and peace is being complete. Peace is wholeness, nothing lacking, nothing broken. To make you complete in every good work, to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, not always just our sight, but in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever Amen. And the word helper used in this instance is about a patron to provide, assist in the endeavor to do good works. Uh, I have an example, which is my tomato plant. And we're going to digress a little and get very much in the natural because uh, I had a tomato plant this summer. And when I went to the store and I was just shopping for groceries, I wanted to get a tomato plant, so I bought a plant, and it was wilted, it was dying, it was, you know, in the sun a lot, and so it wasn't doing well. But then uh, one of the the florists said, you know, if you take that home and pot it, I think it'll come back and do just great. So I did that, and I repotted it, and I did what she said, and fertilized it, and it grew, and it prospered. And it really came to life, and I was just so thrilled 
because we haven't got a lot of room to garden in our yard or a lot of good sun places. And so this was just thrilling to see that it was going to make it. And so my one and only plant. So it was good. And, um, and I watched it, and I have just marveled, thinking that, you know, God can show you things from the natural. And I just marveled that it did so well. I mean, it bore so much fruit. I had to keep staking it everywhere, like four or five times, because it just spread out, and it just kept bearing fruit. And it was like I was seeing that, wow, God was saying, you know, something that looked like it was not going to make it. But look what happened. It was like he said, this is a teaching tool because you need to see what can happen. When you believe, when you take care of something, or when you put, make it come to life, or do what's necessary to follow the instructions. And so... My plant just grew, and it had so much fruit that it was still growing after the season, and it was still cold out, and I'd go out and look, and I was tired of picking this stuff. (laughs) So I was just noticing that, my gosh, there's still stuff on it. (laughs) I was like, oh, wow, Lord, this is good, you know? So, um, So you just never know. Because with God, it's so much more. It's not so much less. And that's what we've been hearing. The God of so much more. He wants to bless our socks off. And because we've been given all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, it starts in that realm, but then it can do so many things that we don't even know that I have not seen Ear hath not heard or entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love them and love him and want to serve him and do things his way and get in his system and think some of his thoughts and get ourselves to a higher level instead of a lower level. That we can go to a higher level. We can go up higher in God. And I believe we are definitely being called to this because of the hour that we live in, that it's time to grow up. It's time to mature. It's time to be willing to bear fruit. It's time to find out how to make a difference. Because every one of you, Pastor Sam gave a sermon. His last sermon was saying, one person makes a difference. And I know it impacted me because then I started on an elderly ministry uh, that really was in my heart. So I started doing that. And I know that one person can make a difference because I have seen that work that just me by myself could do whatever I saw to do or what I listened to God, what he wanted me to do to reach out to the elderly. And uh, it just takes that one you just don't realize. I know. I wish. I you know. I feel like oh, <laughs> how much time I have because I could probably go on and on. So I've got to be careful. Uh, but one person makes a difference. 
your world, you have a world that you can impact. And, and it just little things. I just want to encourage you. This is really exhortation, but encouragement. Because we need to do the works of God and to be generous and giving and to reach out and to, um, to, to be able to do uh, more for the kingdom of God and for our brothers and sisters. And, you know, it, it's just for a time like this that we've been called and that we could step into our destiny as a church. And, you know, um, with God... He fed the 5,000 with one boy's lunch. He didn't consider Jairus' daughter dead. He, he took care of that. He stilled the storm. He paid the taxes with the, the money out of the fish's mouth. He's, there's so many things that he did. And in John fourteen twelve, he said, and you can do these things. He said, you can do them. And it sounds so far off, but you know, it's sounding near to me because as I grow in the Lord and I want to please God and I just want him to use me the way he sees fit, not the way I see fit, because I've had my ideas, but they haven't all worked out because if they're not his, <laughs> you can try, but you know, it's, it's an uphill battle because, you know, when you find out what he just wants you to do like that one, when I say one person can make a difference, you know, a smile at somebody in the grocery store or this season when all the store clerks might be really upset, like I had one today, it was kind of nasty, and then I realized, okay, you know, I'm just going to forgive her. I'm probably the 50th person that came to her today to return something, and, you know, so she made me go a few extra little steps and... <laughs> said, oh, okay, but, you know, I could have been the, you know, she was probably needed her break or something, so you just have to realize that we've got to be generous, and even with people, so we don't get offended, Um, and to, to just do, I think, in a sense, that's some of the greater things, too, are just how we treat one another, you know, and that we've got to also be willing to do that. And this is the season where it so lends itself to doing that. So we don't want to miss that opportunity to take advantage of that. And um, so I just think that, you know, there are things you can do. You can uh, reach out to anyone in the store or anyone, I'm just going to give you a few ideas of that, um, you know, or giving a card to someone, or just thinking of people that you might not normally think of, or, or ask God to put someone on your heart, or who maybe needs some encouragement, because this should be the time of comfort, uh, when we can comfort one another, or comfort our fellow man, or or when we're out in the world, you know, make that difference to go into every man's world and just, you know, be a person of integrity, uh, shine your light, or and just, you know, whatever is something that you think you can do, 
is how God will meet you. It's not like a formula or anything because you all, every one of you, has special abilities, gifts, and talents. You have something special in your life that only you might be able to do and that there's nobody else that could do that. And you may be the only person in a certain person's world that they would encounter that knows God or Jesus and knows Jesus. So it can take, you just don't know what it can be. And in asking God, he will certainly show you if you're still and quiet. Like I remember being on the airplane and wondering how to witness to someone. And so when I got quiet, he told me just how to start talking to them. And it was, you know, it was really profitable because he, he already knew where that person was or what might get their attention. So I was trying to get his attention and because uh, he was sort of a young guy. And um, so, you know, you just never know. But it's such an adventure and it's such a wonderful thing to be able to be working uh, you know, serving the Lord in anything you can do. Right. You know, in the Bible, it just says, put your hand to anything. Right. So it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. So in that sense, I'm encouraging you, just do something for someone. You know, like uh, maybe have a time when you might commit to do one thing over the Christmas season or over this week or this day when you've, you know, just ask God And to give something to someone or a word or an encouragement or something that might be an interruption in your time or that, you know, that's the hard part because we don't want to be interrupted from our schedules. And I know because I struggle with the same thing. But um, sometimes in the Bible, many times, uh, Jesus was interrupted. (laughs) Probably most of the times he was interrupted but um, so I just want to encourage you, and I, I, I'm not sure if it's okay, but I'm going to just talk to you just a little bit about the elderly because it's really on my heart that there are things you can do that could be real easy to do if I could just give you a few examples of, you know, what the elderly even if you know someone in your neighborhood or a neighbor or people that are alone, you know, you could take them out to eat, bring them to the play. I think seniors would love the play because they're interested in what's going to happen in their life and where they're um, going to, you know, spend the rest of their life in some ways. And so even in a nursing home setting, there are just so many little things, you know, like I went to the dollar store, I went to the Christmas tree shop, I went to um, Job Lot, another one, and you could find Ann and Hope, and you could find little things, you know, for a dollar or two dollars, like a little ornament or a Christmas ornament or something, and little stockings, that were 99 cents or a little bag for 29 cents or 39 cents. It's not real expensive or hard, you know, just to do that because I like to do that at the nursing home is to take some gifts like that because some people don't have any visitors. And this is a really lonely time for them. And so many of them could be sitting in darkness. And if they don't have family that cares, they really are alone. So the holidays are a really hard time for people like that. 
I think when you're, you know, elderly alone or even in your own place. And um, it it's just could be nice just to give them any little gifty kind of thing, you know, even a card or anything. They would appreciate. And then... Um, I've even done it where I can just give the nurses, you know, on the floor something too, like a gift because they're caregivers and they're taking care of people and just to show them that they're appreciated too at Christmas. And I know if you just go in a front door at the desk, they would usually take things if you would give them to them or I don't think they would object too much if you're bringing them something. But then again, I'm, I don't know that I'm sure of that, so I maybe shouldn't say that. But... Um, Whatever, if you see an elderly person, just kind of be sensitive to that. Or, you know, just give them a smile or see if there's something you can do for them. Take them to lunch or, um, you know, or there's, um, there's little boxes of candy. Of course, if you're diabetic, that's not a good thing. But <laughs> if there are little boxes of candy that are really nice, like Russell Stover's candy for a dollar and a quarter or a dollar fifty. Things like that, you know, just give them out. Um, there's gifts like socks for a dollar. Little teddy bears in the dollar store. There's little teddy bears I bought. I had about four big bags. I was going to show you some of them, but I don't need to do that. <laughs> I don't want to be like... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just be sensitive that Christmas is not just all about us and getting the right gift for everybody and the right, because I know I'm doing the same thing and then I have to stop and say, oh boy, I don't want to do this <laughs> too much. You know, you want everybody to be happy, but I don't want to, you know, stress myself out that much. And because we should be peaceful and enjoy the season too. So why not, you know, it's more blessed to give than receive. So why not pick a, a place or a person or something to do something for and just let them feel that they're loved and that, that God is love and that if, if, you know, you feel that opportunity, you can always tell them the Christmas story. And then that's a great place to just step out and, and say, do you realize, you know, God sent his son for you and for us so that we wouldn't have to die in our sins and that we could um, have a a life with him in heaven. And um, just see what you can do or be sensitive and see and and trust yourself that that you're God's ambassador, that you're special, and that God, God really thinks you're special. He honors you, and if you reach out to somebody, he will usually make that good, you know, because you're doing something in love to reach out. And so so just enjoy the season, but keep your peace, and let yourself be comforted. And start thinking about how do I receive comfort, or how can I get comforted by the Lord? And the biggest thing, I cannot not say this, the biggest thing God is showing me is my comfort is in the word of God. And I know that, but this is a different kind of 
entrance or level of understanding that we, we have the comforter lives inside of us, but the word is our comfort. It's supposed to be comfort. It says that in several places in the New Testament. You know, with the comfort you've received, then you comfort someone else. Well, our comfort is in the word. And when I read Psalm 107 to you, that all that's talking about is when you don't have any joy and you're in despair or you're, you don't know where you are. You're at your wit's end or, you know, you feel everything's gone out the window and you don't know where to go to do, to get yourself uh, on a, a better place so that you want to um, find out how God can comfort you and just be willing to turn to him and say, God, I need your help. Cry out to God. Amen. Say, I need you. you and he hears you. And just like that father, the picture of him is so much more, so much more. Just think about some of those things. And let yourself be comforted and comfort yourself and one another. And we love you very much. Thank you.